Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. It's day 367. That's year two, day two of our three-year journey through God's Word, one chapter at a time. And we're in 1 Samuel chapter 2. Tomorrow, we'll be starting the Gospel of Mark. So the first books we'll be in for this first part of year two are First and Second Samuel, which largely will center on the life of David and the Gospel of Mark, which of course focuses on David's greater son, the greater David, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So that's where we're going to be in the next several weeks, a couple of months in these two great books, uh, First and Second Samuel and the Gospel of Mark, with a little spattering of Psalms and Proverbs if you want. The Bible reading plan for the year for 2023. I'd be happy to email you a PDF copy. Just shoot me an email, pastor at forresthillpca.org, and I can send you a PDF of the 2023 Bible reading plan so you know where we're going and you can stay on track with us. Let's pray and ask the Lord's help as we look to 1 Samuel 2 today. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. It is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. Every part of it is your word, and you alone have the words of eternal life. And so we come to you for the words we need to hear, for the word we need to hear, which is ultimately fulfilled in your Son, the Word incarnate, the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. So teach us, grow us, and show us Christ, we pray in his name. Amen. First Samuel chapter 2. And Hannah prayed and said, my heart exalts in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. There is none holy like the Lord, for there is none besides you. There is no rock like our God. Talk no more so very proudly. Let not arrogance come from your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bows, the bows of the mighty are broken, but the feeble bind on strength. Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread, but those who were hungry have ceased to hunger. The barren has borne seven, but she who has borne many children is forlorn. The Lord kills and brings to life. He brings down to Sheol and raises up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and he exalts. He raises up the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherit a seat of honor. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and on them he has set the world. He will guard the feet of, the, of his faithful ones, but the wicked shall be cut off in darkness. For not by might shall a man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Against them he will thunder in heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. Then Elkanah went home to Ramah, and the boy was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli, the priest. Now, the sons of Eli were worthless men. They did not know the Lord. 
The custom of the priests with the people was that when any man offered sacrifice, the priest servant would come while the meat was boiling with a three-pronged fork in his hand, and he would thrust it into the pot, the pan, or the kettle, or the cauldron, or the pot. All that the fork brought up, the priest would take for himself. This is what they did at Shiloh to all the Israelites who came there. Moreover, before the fat was burned, the priest's servant would come and say to the man who was sacrificing, Give meat for the priest to roast, for he will not accept boiled meat from you, but only raw. And the man would say to him, and if the man said to him, let them burn the fat first and then take as much as you wish, he would say, no, you must give it now. And if not, I will take it by force. Thus, the sin of the young men was very great in the sight of the Lord, for the men treated the offering of the Lord with contempt. Samuel was ministering before the Lord, a boy clothed with a linen ephod, and his mother used to make for him a little robe and take it to him each year when she went up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. Then Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, May the Lord give you children by this woman for the petition she asked of the Lord. So they would return to their home. Indeed, the Lord visited Hannah, and she conceived and bore three sons and two daughters. And the boy Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. Now Eli was very old. And he kept hearing all that his sons were doing to all Israel and how they lay with the women who were serving at the entrance of the tent of meeting. And he said to them, Why do you do such things? For I hear of your evil dealings from all these people. No, my sons, it is no good report that I hear the people of the Lord spreading abroad. If someone sins against a man, God will mediate for him. But if someone sins against the Lord, who can intercede for him? But they would not listen to the voice of their father, for it was the will of the Lord to put them to death. Now the boy Samuel continued to grow, both in stature and in favor, with the Lord and also with man. And there came a man of God to Eli, and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Did I indeed reveal myself to the house of your father when they were in Egypt, subject to Pharaoh? Did I choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to go up to my altar, to burn incense, to wear an ephod before me? I gave the house of your father all my offerings by fire from the people of Israel, why then do you scorn my sacrifices and my offerings that I commanded for my dwelling and honor your sons above me by fattening yourselves on the choicest parts of every offering of my people Israel? Therefore the Lord, the God of Israel, declares, I promised that your house and the house of your father should go in and out before me forever, but now, the Lord declares, far be it from me. For those who honor me, I will honor, and those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Behold, the days are coming 
when I will cut off your strength and the strength of your father's house, so that there will not be an old man in your house. Then in distress you will look with envious eye on all the prosperity that shall be bestowed on Israel, and there shall not be an old man in your house forever. The only one of you whom I shall not cut off from my altar shall be spared to weep his eyes out, to grieve his heart, and all the descendants of your house shall die by the sword of men. And this that shall come upon your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, shall be the sign for you. Both of them shall die on the same day. And I will raise up for myself a faithful priest, who shall do according to what is in my heart and in my mind. And I will build him a sure house, and he shall go in and out before my anointed forever. And everyone who is left in your house shall come to implore him for a piece of silver or a loaf of bread, and shall say, Please put me in one of the priest's places, that I may eat a morsel of bread." Well, that's 1 Samuel chapter 2. There's so much to see in this rich chapter. So we'll just walk through and, and pick up some highlights. First of all, Hannah's prayer may seem familiar to you, especially as we've just come through the Christmas season. It has a lot of parallels with Mary's Magnificat from Luke 2. In fact, there are a number of parallels between 1 Samuel 2 and Luke 2. And the, the parallels between Hannah's song and Mary's song, which is actually recorded in Luke 1, I should say, um, these, these songs are parallel in that both of these women were miraculously gifted children from the Lord who really belonged to God and not to them. Mary's son, Jesus, of course, was the son of God. But Hannah's son, Samuel, was a divinely given miracle child who was dedicated to the Lord. Both of them were servants of the Lord, dedicated to the Lord, set apart for the Lord's work, called by the Lord. And these songs, these songs both have the same theme. And the basic theme is this. God is sovereignly holy and merciful and gracious and just and judgmental. He raises up the poor and the needy and gives them a place of honor, and he casts down the rich and the powerful and humbles them. So those who are lofty in the eyes of the world, those who are great in their own eyes, those who are prized for their great gifts or their great wisdom or their great wealth, God humbles them. God casts them down because God will not have anyone exalting themselves or being exalted by the world in the face of God. And so the mighty he brings down, the humble, the lowly, the gentle, the meek, those who trust in the Lord but are despised in the eyes of the world, he raises up. And we see that in Luke 1 and 2. Who's the great powerful one? It's Herod. And who are the priests? Well, it's Caiaphas and his family, the family of priests who are closely aligned with Herod. They are the power. They are corrupt. They are wicked. And they are going to be brought down by God in judgment. In 1 Samuel, who is the wealthy and who is the powerful? Well, it's really Eli and his sons. And while Eli's not a bad guy, he's weak. He doesn't discipline his sons. He doesn't, 
he, he sort of whines and complains to them, but he doesn't enforce God's law. He prefers to let his sons carry on what they're doing, even though it's evil and even though it breaks his heart and he doesn't like it, but he's not willing to do what it takes to put a stop to them. And so the power structure of Eli, and particularly his two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, is corrupt, is, is defiled. It is oppressive of God's people, just as in the days of Jesus, we have the oppression of uh, Herod and the priests over the people of God. Um, there's another parallel. We see Samuel growing up. <clears throat> um, he's growing up in the presence of the Lord in verse 21. And then we see this really strong parallel in verse 26. Now the boy Samuel continued to grow both in stature and in favor with the Lord and also with man. Now that should really look familiar to you. And in case you don't remember, I'll take you to the end of the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2. Um, the end of Luke 2. What do we hear about Jesus? Um, Luke chapter 2 verse 52. I'll highlight it for you so you can see where I am. And Jesus increased in wisdom, in stature, and in favor with God and man. So that's an obvious parallel. I think Luke, in many ways, he, he gathers material from Mary, but then in many ways, I think he does intentionally structure his narrative to echo back uh, to the, the, the story of Samuel. So just as Samuel, we read uh, in verse 26, um, he continued to grow both in stature and in favor with the Lord and with man. We read about Jesus that he increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. And then we see uh, these sons of these priests are corrupt. And this should remind us of um, Nadab and Abihu. They were the two sons of the original high priest, Aaron. And Nadab and Abihu offered strange fire. They were proud. They thought they could innovate. They thought they could maybe do better than God, or they could come up with a different system that would be more pleasing to them, perhaps. We don't exactly know their heart motives, but we know that they offered strange fire before the Lord that was unauthorized, and the Lord struck them dead. Here we see Hophni and Phinehas, and what are they doing? Well, they're, they're taking the sacrifices that are supposed to belong to the Lord, the fat that should be consumed entirely by the fire. They want it for themselves. So they say, give us the meat. And if you don't do that, we're going to reject you. We're going to kick you out of here. We're going we're gonna to steal it from you anyway. There's nothing you can do to stop us. And they also sleep with the women who are serving the Lord at the entrance of the tent of meeting. So there's gluttony and there's sexual... Uh, immorality, and it's just a horrible thing. And just as there was a, a word of condemnation that came to Herod and to his household in Jesus' day, so there is a word of condemnation that comes to Eli and to his household in the days of uh, Samuel as he's growing up. And there's one more thing that I want to point out, and that is the faithful priest who is going to be raised up, starting in verse 35, this faithful priest who's going to be raised up, who will do according to what is in my heart and in my mind, and I will build him a sure house, 
and he will go in and out before my anointed forever. And who is this end up being? But of course, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the great high priest over the house of God. And he's building the church, which is the living temple of God. And he ministers as the Lord and Christ and great high priest before God the Father. And we are given the place of privilege of being priests under him. So we're the ones who come to him and who say, please put me in the priest's place. And Jesus brings us into his household and adopts us as children of God. And we're heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, sons of God, uh, with Jesus Christ, our elder brother. And we're also made priests of God with Jesus Christ, our great high priest. So we see not only these parallels between 1 Samuel and Luke, but ultimately this prophecy is fulfilled by the Lord Jesus Christ and then fulfilled in our lives as those who belong to Christ. Well, we're just getting started with 1 Samuel, have many more chapters to go. Uh, it's going to be a great rewarding study. Looking forward to it. Let's pray together. Father, help us to see the beauty of Christ, who is the faithful high priest. He is not corrupt. He is not uh, self-serving. He is not immoral. He is not wicked in any way. He is absolutely pure and holy. And he does according to all that is in the heart of God, as God made man, as the great high priest, as the son of David and the son of God. And we thank you for such a high priest. And we thank you that in Christ we have been made priests, priests of God most high, children of God, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. What a privilege, what grace. Help us to walk in the holiness of belonging to you and in gratitude for your grace to us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for joining me for 1 Samuel chapter 2. Tomorrow we'll begin the Gospel of Mark. Have a blessed day in the Lord.